The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. From Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you to listen for you listening with us today. I'm very glad that you're joining us, and I'm glad to hear from you always. Love to get your emails. I love to see your posts on Facebook. So thank you for being a Spirit of Recovery listener, and also thank you for spreading the word about the Spirit of Recovery. I'm grateful that you are telling your family, your friends, your uh, recovery community, your spiritual community, your unity community about us. And it's great to see um, that audience growing because we're always bringing you great topics. We bring you guests. We bring you wonderful topics that get you thinking, that get you uh, in. Inspired and on a new road in new depths in your own recovery and in your spirituality walk. Of course, you can uh, listen to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio in a variety of ways. You can listen, of course, through your computer. You can listen on your mobile listening device. And you can also uh, access our archives 24-7 by going to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery and you can uh, find our archives there. Every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community and we have guests that are down to earth, knowledgeable and innovative. People who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, sometimes all of the above. And they're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. I want you to know that the spirit of recovery is a welcoming place that uh, I understand that recovery is a large tent. And so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're a family member that's in your own recovery as a family member or uh, you're a family member or friend that maybe you're not in your own recovery as a family member but you know somebody or you've got somebody that you love that's got the disease of addiction or whether you're just curious about the recovery process, we are glad to have you here listening with us and know that you are welcome to participate here with a question or a comment on the Spirit of Recovery. Again, my name is Anna Schaus and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and an Addictions Counselor. 
I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And 31 years ago, uh, almost 32 now, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery as a family member and in uh, on my own path of spiritual development. And so my walk is an integration of the unity principles, the recovery principles, and that walk keeps richly transforming my life and keeps me growing in ever deeper ways. I am very delighted. I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share these ideas about spirituality and recovery with you. So thanks again for joining us today on the Spirit of Recovery. Today our topic is 12 Keys to Recovering Your Soul. And my guest is Esther Nicholson. Esther is a person who has many years of sobriety herself. She also is a person who has studied a great deal about spirituality. She has developed her spirituality. And she has just written a book called Soul Recovery, 12 Keys to Healing Addiction. And that book's going to be released by Hay House on June the 7th. You can read more about Esther and the work that she does at www.estherNicholson, and that's E-S-T-E-R-N-I-C-H-O-L-S-O-N.com, EstherNicholson.com. So today, in just a moment, as I'm going to have my conversation getting started here with Esther, the 12 keys to recovering your soul is, a, is certainly an idea that Esther has developed about uh, a deep recovery, about what can we do to continue to recover in deep and powerful ways to find uh, the depths in ourselves and to recover fully. As I said, Esther is an author. She is also an Agape International licensed spiritual therapist. She's a motivational speaker and an inspirational recording, recording artist, And uh, in addition to being a person with many years of sobriety. And she brings her deep understanding of spiritual teachings to audiences around the globe. Esther has studied under Michael Beckwith, who is the founder of the Agape Center, and she has also... Uh, sung with Rod Stewart and Bette Midler. She's been on two world tours with them, and she's appeared on uh, TV shows such as Oprah, The Tonight Show, The View, Good Morning America, and The Ellen DeGeneres Show. And Esther also hosted a talk show here on Unity Online Radio called The 12 Keys to Freedom, and you can find the archives of that uh, program on unityonlineradio.org. So, Esther, we're very glad to have you with us today. Thanks for joining me on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you so much, Anna. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. And, um, again, I know you're going to be talking with us about these ideas that you've developed, that you use, that you live in your own life, about soul recovery, the 12 keys to healing addiction. So, as we get started, uh, would you share with us what was it that propelled you into recovery in the first place? I believe, first of all, that my story isn't too different from anyone who has suffered um, from acute addiction. And, you know, I, I have often said that I was really, really one of the broken, walking, walking wounded, um, where uh, my daughter was removed from my home. Um, I was out in the streets. I had no place to go. You know, I had um, burned every bridge. Uh, there was not one more friend that was going to allow me to sleep on their couch. Um, 
and I was demoralized. And um, I was raised with a certain type of dignity. My dad was a Baptist minister. And, you know, when I was active in my addiction and I would go around to those drug houses to get drugs, you know, people would look at me and say, you're a church girl, you don't belong here. So there was something that was covering me. There was something that was within me that was so much bigger than what I was doing. And I knew it all the time. I knew that there was something else going on other than what I was experiencing. And, you know, one day I caught a glimpse. I caught a glimpse of my death and I caught a glimpse of my true identity. I saw myself just for an instant as God saw me. And it said, what are you doing? You know, you were not created to be this. You were created in my image and likeness. And, you know, that voice or that, that parting of the veil, if you will, you know, I kind of poo-pooed it because I wasn't quite ready yet. Um, but uh, during one of my relapses, I had uh, called a taxi to come pick me up to take me over to the drug neighborhood. And we got like a block away from my house, and, and this taxi pulled over before we got to the destination. And he turned around, and he said, with tears in his eyes, and he said, young lady, please don't do it. Mm-hmm. And there was this part of me that, that raged at him and said, you know, just take me where I have to go, you know. You know, I, I'll, I'll be all right. Just take me where I have to go. But, but there was another part of me that, that saw in his eyes and knew that if I continued on that path, I was going to die that day. And so spirit spoke for me and through me, and it said, okay, turn around and take me home. And the next day I went to a meeting, a cocaine anonymous meeting, um, and this time I took the steps off the wall and I started working them and applying them with someone who knew how to work them. And for the first time in all the times I had tried to get clean and sober, powerless took on a whole new meaning for me. And I really understood that I was powerless and that my life was unmanageable. And as that step took on life and new meaning for me, it propelled me to work the rest of the steps. And I had an immediate um, spiritual experience, which was what I needed in order to stay. Um, And that was the beginning of my recovery. Thank you for telling that story. There's so much in that that uh, that is moving, and I think that sure speaks to my heart. And uh, the one thing that stands out for me in that beautiful story is the taxi driver. Oh, um, I know. How about oh, I that? Well, I think what what an angel, huh? Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, when I think about that, you know. We, we all think about times when, you know, something surreal or something otherworldly happens, and we're like, was that real? And it's like, wow, that was a, a true angel who turned around and said, don't do this, young lady. You don't mm-hmm. have to live like this. And and the bigger miracle was I heard him. Yeah. You know, you know because uh-huh. any other time, the obsession would have been so much bigger than that. Um, right. But this time, life was bigger than that. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that makes me think of something else too, um, Esther. That uh, you you pointed out really in that story that came out that, is that that paradox between that sense of self 
whatever, you know, we all certainly there are many names and always have been for whatever that is, God or the higher self or, you know, we could make a list of infinite number of names for that. But that sense of, of uh, two Two selves, in a, in a sense. How do you ex, how do you explain that, or how do you frame that? What, what's the meaning of that for you in your recovery? Well, there's the self with the capital S, which is the only self that there really is, you know. And that is the God within me, life within me, universal presence within me, you know, my true identity, and the the other self, for lack of a better word, of other is the part of me that has forgotten that I am one with the one, you know, and, and so that, that other part of me that has forgotten, you know, that's the part that acts out in addiction um, or other types of behaviors because when I, am, when I am connected consciously to the, the, the self with the capital S, there are no addictions. There are no issues. There is no life unmanageable. There is divine and perfect order. Um, so the only time I experience anything other than that is when I am under the erroneous belief that there is something other than that. So there are no two selves, but there is a self that there there is a, a part that believes there are two selves. You know mm, what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hope I explained that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult <laughs> concept. It's a yeah, it's a yeah. complex concept. So you also said that when you got in and and really began working the twelve steps, that uh, and and had a guide, somebody that had worked them before, and and was able to support you in that. That you had a spiritual, an immediate spiritual experience. So, uh, would you tell us about that? What was that uh, like for you, and what did it do for you? Well, my first. Um spiritual experience, you know, when I got to the second step, came to believe that this power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. And I, the only power that I knew that was greater than myself was the power that I was raised with as a Baptist minister's daughter. And this power was outside of myself, up in the sky, and sometimes very judgmental. And and I was never going to be good enough to really, you know, get this power's love or, or approval, but it's the only power I knew that was greater than me. So I was so willing at that juncture in my, in, in, uh, of my recovery that I was willing to, when we got to the third step, to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand God, I was willing to turn my life even over to that God. And, you know, just like, okay, whatever, I'll turn my life even over to that God. And when we did the third step prayer as a, you know, me and, and nine other people who had worked the first and second step up into that point, um, and when we said that prayer together, a hush came over the room, and a hush, a, a silence was within me, had come over me, a feeling of such warmth and love that I had never experienced before. And I, everybody knew that it was God. Everybody knew. It was like, whoa, did you just feel that? That's mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though I didn't understand it, that it was the God within me, that it was the only God that there is, I felt something that I couldn't really describe verbally. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, it, mm-hmm. but, it, but it felt like, but it, but it was love. Mm-hmm. It was love. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was just enough for me to continue 
with the next steps, you know, until I could get a deeper, clearer understanding about this God. You know, so I felt it before I had an understanding of it beyond what I was raised understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting uh, to me. I think about it just in myself as my own concept of God always evolves and, and just in knowing people over the years. Um, it, it, it's almost like the the experience of God is always the same in, in some sense. It's that experience of love somehow. Uh, mm-hmm. But our, And yet our concepts can be very different from one person to Absolutely. another and also across our own lifespan that can change mm-hmm. and evolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's interesting. So how did so how did how far did that carry you? Then you said you that experience, and then you had that concept of God, maybe that you'd grown up with. Um, sometimes in recovery, people will, I will write a um, they'll fire fire God uh, in a sense, or they'll re- fire write a uh, give God a pink slip, meaning their old concept of God. Did you start mm-hmm. doing that in in your own way? Um, I think in my own way, but. Definitely not in an obvious way, um, because that experience, you know, and it says in the big book, you know, that this step will have a little lasting effect unless it's immediately followed by a, 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 a vigorous course of action. And so it gave me the, 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 the strength and the faith and the courage that I needed to now do this fearless moral inventory. And as, you know, even as I started making the list of, all the resentments that I had, I had no idea that I had so many resentments. Man, a weight, a two-ton weight just lifted off of my soul, you know? And it's like, God, I started getting clearer. I started getting lighter. Then when I looked at my belief system, that was another weight that was blocking me from a direct connection. My belief system where, you know, of my pride, my self-esteem, my security, you know, my, my personal relationships, my sexual relationships, you know, those seven areas of the ego that are affected when you are in uh, resentment and looking at what I believed, you know, and Jesus Christ said, it is done unto you as you believe. It's like looking at this distorted, really wounded belief system that I had been walking around with all my life. And then, you know, looking at the part I played and every resentment that I had, having no idea that I contributed to all the pain in my life. So it took me out of victim mode into victor mode and into, into really seeing, wow, look at how much power I have. You know, Thank you for that, Esther. Right. It's, it's time for our break, but hold on to that oh, thought. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't see you, so I apologize. I have to butt in. Oh, but, uh, no, no, no. That was great. So uh, listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back and hear about right. how my guest, Esther Nicholson, got into victor mode and out of victim mode because that's important stuff. We'll be right back. Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to tens of thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you have been served by this programming, we invite you to support it by visiting www.unity.fm and clicking on Donate Now. Thank you for your support. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? 
When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart-Centered Metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week. And start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. For listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, my topic is 12 Keys to Recovering Your Soul. My guest is Esther Nicholson. Esther is an author, uh, a vocalist, a speaker, um, a a licensed spiritual therapist, and she is also a person in recovery herself. And she is sharing with us today about the 12 Keys to Healing Addiction. Esther has just completed a book, Soul Recovery, 12 Keys to Healing Addiction, and that's going to be released on June the 7th by Hay House, and you can learn more about Esther and her work at www.estherNicholson.com, and that's Esther, E-S-T-E-R, Nicholson, N-I-C-H-O-L, S-O-N, EstherNicholson.com. Before Esther and I uh, get back to our conversation, I invite you to join me for the Serenity Minute, for an opportunity to relax, uh, to listen to a constructive idea, to take a breath, and open up to that presence of your higher power that lives within you and all around you. So I invite you to relax, to take a breath, to be aware of yourself from the crown of your head through the tips of your fingers and the tips of your toes. And to know this constructive thought with me, I am one with the goodness and love of God. 
I am one with the goodness and love that is the universal presence of spirit. And now we take a moment in the quiet to relax and to open and to know our oneness with goodness and love. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that you did have an opportunity to relax, to open up, and to know that goodness and love that lives within you. And now we're back to my conversation with my guest, Esther Nicholson. So, Esther, before the break, um, you were telling us about how you'd been working the 12 steps and you got into that place where you... Uh, began to realize in a, in a deeper way and, uh, have a different concept of God to start to know the God or whatever name. We, again, we all have many names for that presence, um, within yourself and you started to move out of victimhood into a sense of being victorious in your life. So tell us more about that and how that led you to develop your 12 keys to healing addiction. Well, um, before we ended, I was basically talking about the forgiveness, a, a portion of the forgiveness process uh, that comes after the third step in, mm-hmm. um, in, in, in the 12 steps of recovery. And that a part of that process, you know, is looking at your belief system that has held you in bondage for so long. And then the, the, the next part of that process is looking at how you have knowingly or unknowingly contributed to the confusion and the pain in your own life. And that was such a huge, another huge boulder lifted off of my soul um, because it, it revealed to me that I had a lot of responsibility for my own good and for my own pain and that I had some, some cleaning up to do, that I had hurt a lot of people. I had harmed a lot of people, not intentionally, but from a place of trying to protect myself and, um, and being defensive and being fearful. And um, so I've since learned, you know, through metaphysics and, and all of that, you know, a lot of self-forgiveness as well, which I think the 12 steps doesn't really talk about a lot. But, you know, so doing that, that forgiveness um, process, you know, and then sharing those deep secrets, that you just thought you would take to your grave, that you never thought that you'd share with anyone else in the fifth step, you know, and 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 then going even deeper and, and looking at your habits and your patterns um, and saying, of myself, I cannot do anything about these and, and allowing, you know, God, you know, sunlight, the spirit, whatever, to remove those, you know, in the sixth and seventh step, you know, and then make that list of all those people that you have, caused harm to in, in, some, in some way, and then going and, and making those amends, and I've made some doozies. I mean, I've made some amends where I was just shaken in my boots, and 
I would approach the person that I was making amends to with my head bowed and my, my body posture humped over, slumped over, and I would, I would leave those amends looking them in the eye and with my back straight and, and having and, and, and experiencing being restored, you know, being restored to my rightful identity as an expression of God because it's shame and lack of integrity and hiding and all of that energy, you know, that brings on those, bring on those feelings of, of low self-worth and, and, and low self-esteem. Um, you know, and then, of course, you know, the 10th step, you know, taking daily inventories and then, of course, prayer and meditation, which, you know, the first time I had an experience with, with meditation, I was scared to death because the ego doesn't, you know, the, the thought of surrendering and being quiet and releasing control is terrifying to that other self that you were talking about, Anna. Um, but I wanted, I wanted a deeper experience of God so much that I was willing to surrender that part of me that was so afraid of meditation or so resistant to it. And um, that was my second uh, spiritual experience that was off the charts, amazing, the deepest, most direct experience I've ever had in my life. And from there, I have never been the same. And so, you know, that was the 12 steps of recovery was the catalyst and the, the foundation for me to continue to enlarge my spiritual life, which is also, you know, um, uh, spoken about in the in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and so that's what I've done. You know, I've I've enlarged my spiritual life as a result of those steps. Mm-hmm. And you uh, obviously you've been a an active participant uh, with the Agape uh, International mm-hmm. Center, which is a New Thought mm-hmm. ministry, and and that ministry is uh, the Reverend. Dr. Michael Beckwith, who founded that uh, ministry and certainly has done a lot of work. What was it uh, there that, I'm sure you've learned a lot of things there, but in particular, what are some things that stood out there that you've learned through the Agape Center that uh, have supported your recovery? The first thing that I learned was that even though in the 11th step, I had had a direct connection with spirit, where I didn't have to go through anybody else to get to this power. It was within me, and I felt it. I still didn't quite understand what that meant. So what I learned at Agape is the first thing that, you know, I started to embody and really work on embracing was that I was one with God. That this power that I had been praying to, I no longer needed to pray to, that I could pray from that I could allow it to speak and declare its truth in, as, and through me. Um, And that's the foundation to, I believe, all recovery, but it is definitely the foundation of stage two recovery. Like once you get through that first time of going through 12 steps, you've got to find that place of your oneness, you know, that it's not some power outside of you that might deem you worthy every once in a while to kick you down some good. You know, it is the power within you, as you. So that's the first thing that I learned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it so it sounds like one way that it changed things for you was that it made that power consistent. Um, it, like I said, it wasn't just random. That if it felt good, it might help you out one day. So it made it consistent, and it also made it uh, obviously very present. I 
I would think that would be a big shift in self sense of self worth or self esteem. I don't know. Did that? Oh, ab- ab- well, absolutely. And you know that is why I wrote the book Soul Recovery mm-hmm. because it's not you know it is it is about you know recovering from addiction. But the only way I believe that you can recover from addiction is that you must recover the something that is real within you. And in order to recover that something that is real within you, you must start to connect with it as a part of you, that it's a part of you, that it is the truth of who you are. So that's very important, yeah, to your to your self-worth. Because when you know that you're one with this infinite, loving, all-powerful presence and power that is all that there is, is it really possible to not be worthy? Is it really possible to not be loved or lovable? It's not possible. But you must practice this truth and consciousness to the point that, to, uh, to the degree that it becomes real for you, that you're not just saying it, you know, in this vain repetition that Jesus warns against, but that it becomes a real experience for you. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm not worthy because I did something great yesterday or because I did a great job. I'm worthy because I am. You know, mm-hmm. and how do you practice that? How do you make it real? Because sometimes in metaphysics we get trapped in that. We think if I just say it, then and we cut off from the rest of us, and then we kind of actually create problems for ourselves because it's not real. Right. So how right. do you make it? How do you make it real? What's your practice, Esther? Well, that's again why this became so important to me because I was in two worlds now. I was in the twelve-step recovery programs and. I'm, I'm in New Thought Churches, and I saw where the bridge had to be gapped. I saw in the 12-step programs where pe- people were still talking about, you know, after, after 15 years of sobriety that they were still powerless, you know, and that they were still, you know, they were one day away from their next drink. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? And then I saw in New, in New Thought Centers where people were doing these amazing, wonderful, flowery meditations and, and prayers, but they still didn't know their self-worth. You know, or, or they still weren't accountable in certain areas where, you know, in the 12 steps it was very obvious that you needed to do that. Um, so, so how I practiced, you know, day after day after day, moment by moment, to know my oneness with this presence and power is forgiveness, prayer, meditation, doing that inner child work, you know, allowing those illusions, offering those illusions of separation to this presence and power within you so that those illusions can be transmuted into wholeness, calling forth your, the, the awareness of your wholeness, of that you are complete, that you are perfect, and sitting in that and calling forth, you know, saying, you know, show me divine presence within me. What does my wholeness look like? What does my oneness with the infinite look like and feel like? You know, and like, if, if you are sincere in that desire to know your oneness with the infinite, you know, it, it, first of all, takes a lot of courage to know your oneness with the infinite because that means you have to do some things that might, that, that's very incongruent to, 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 to believing that you're separate and apart. You know, and a huge part of that is forgiving when you're the one that's right. You know, and, and, you know, so those are, those are part of my processes. And knowing my oneness with the divine. Right. Thank you. That's wonderful. It's like you like that daily practice of, of keeping up in a sense with yourself and 
almost like choosing to make uh, channels or make roads into that divine self instead of hardening up and kind of building up another shell or something and going about your business and forgetting forgetting that truth of who you are, sounds like. Right, and, and it's important, to, you know, to not do a spiritual bypass. You know, I, I believe in, in our New Thought communities when we're in pain or when we're enraged, you know, when we're in fear, we want to immediately, you know, sweep that under the carpet and say God is good. Well, you know, saying God is good and actually experiencing that good that is within you means taking that stuff out from underneath the carpet, looking at it, looking at where you need to clean up some stuff, clean up that energy, that static on the line that's blocking you from that connection so that you can experience the goodness that is God versus just saying it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And it makes me think, too, of what you were saying about the inner child work and whatever. It's like, oh, tell so us about important. that some more. What about that? Well, you know, when I was first introduced to the inner child um, healing process seven years ago, I kind of poo-pooed it because, you know, we don't talk about that a lot in the in the um, in in the New Thought world, and we definitely don't talk about it in the twelve step programs. Not that I can recall anyway. But what was happening for me was even after all the prayer and meditation, even after all the forgiveness work, I was still so wounded, and I didn't know why. I was still so hurt. I was still hurting at such a deep level, and I didn't know why until I connected with someone that said, you have a wounded inner child who's on the floor in the fetal position while you're out there trying to speak and sing and, you know, be all these things and, you know, doing your your work. But you have a child that's like in the closet on the floor in the fetal position and you need to deal with her, you know. And when I started connecting with that part of myself and started communicating with her and talking to her and finding out what was wrong, finding out how hurt she was, and then taking that, you know, to spirit, you know, taking that part of me to spirit. So that, you know, I, I rock myself. I rock my little girl, and I love her, and I tell her how beautiful she is. And, you know, it's, it's like, you know, there was, there was a time when I was getting ready to get on stage um, and present something that was very new. And the adult part of me is like, well, you know, why am I afraid? You know, God, I've done this so many times and blah, blah, blah. And my little inner little girl was like holding on to my leg saying, no, 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 don't make me go. But because I was connected to that part of myself, I could go within and I could comfort her. And I could love her and I could rock her and I could tell her it's going to be okay. In fact, you don't even have to go get up on stage. You can sit here and wait for me till I get back. You know, and just doing that kind of work has so supported my growth in so many ways. And I think that so many people just miss that. You know, they don't, they don't get that part of themselves. And so there's that part of them that's split. There's the adult part that thinks, oh, that didn't bother me. Oh, that's just the way that person is. It's okay when your you're little person is saying, ouch, that hurt. And... So, you know, in order to start integrating your wholeness, you have to also allow that part of yourself to to become aware of its wholeness as well. Absolutely. And and I'm so glad that you're you 
do that work yourself, that you've done it, and that you speak about it because that's the key to integrity. That's when we act out. That's when we create messes in our lives. It's when we've got that split. That's when it happens. Thank you. It's time for our second break here. Thank you, Esther. Listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back, and I'll continue our conversation about the 12 keys to recovering your soul with my guest, Esther Nicholson. Have you asked your soul what it wants? Or are you so busy meeting the needs of everyone else? Family, friends, children, bosses, that you haven't checked in with the part of you that matters most? Janet Connor asked this question and received an answer. Your soul wants five things. That's it. Five things. Your soul wants to connect with source. Commit to values. Serve a purpose. Express itself creatively. And last, it longs to create a beautiful, abundant life. Janet Connor teaches five wisdom habits that meet those needs. You can take each course separately or register for the complete Your Soul Wants Five Things series and receive $1,000 in bonuses for free. Visit JanetConnor.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your Soul Wants Five Things. Your soul will thank you. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. And now, Here's Anna. 
Welcome back to the Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're with us here today, glad that you're listening. And if you're just joining us, our topic today is 12 Keys to Recovering Your Soul. And my guest is Esther Nicholson. Esther um, is an author. She's an Agape International Licensed Spiritual Therapist. She's a motivational speaker and an inspirational recording artist. Esther has traveled the world with Rod Stewart and Bette Midler, and she's been on Oprah and The Tonight Show and lots of uh, different uh, venues, and uh, she shares her message of soul recovery around the world. And so before our break, uh, Esther was telling us about uh, the process of inner child work and how important that is to find our wholeness to value those vulnerable aspects of ourselves so that we can be whole and come to the things that we do as a whole person. Esther has just finished a book called Soul Recovery, 12 Keys to Healing Addiction, and that's going to be released by Hay House on June the 7th. And you can uh, go to Esther's website at estherNicholson.com. That's E-S-T-E-R Nicholson, N-I-C-H-O-L-S-O-N.com. And also uh, the website soulrecovery.org. And you can access that also through the Esther Nicholson website. So, Esther, tell us about the 12 keys and about how they're different than the 12 steps and who can use those 12 keys, who they would benefit. Right. Well, First of all, I want to totally honor the 12 steps of recovery because there's just no way I would even be alive today if it were not for the 12 steps of recovery. But what I found after 19, 20 years of sobriety and doing a fourth step every year for 20 years, that I have hit a wall with the 12 steps, that, you know, I really needed to go deeper, even deeper, into my conscious union with this presence and power that we call our higher power. So that's one of the ways in which the um, uh, soul recovery and the 12 steps differ is that immediately in soul recovery, we get you grounded. You know, we re kind of just reintroduce um, some ideas about this higher power and your oneness with it. And we do meditations and, and journaling to, you know, to, to support you in, in embodying um, this, this conscious understanding. Um, the, the 12 steps, they take you to this, this point, and then it's time to enlarge your spiritual life um, by really looking at those childhood traumas you know, by, by looking at, you know, those places where you are holding in your cellular memory those, those traumatic events and, and those sad, scared, you know, little girls and, and boys. And, you know, I don't think that the 12 steps really, really deals with that. And I don't think that it's designed to. I think that it's designed to get you to a certain place so that now you're strong enough and clear enough that you can go to those other places uh, in your life. Um, another uh, thing that um, that soul recovery does is is it teaches you how to meditate. You know, we've developed um, this process called spiritual foreplay, where so many people are terrified or so resistant to meditation because they try to meditate from such a scattered, fearful place instead of from a place of just communing. You know, with the design from 
the divine from a place of, of wholeness. You know, we also teach you how to do the five-step prayer treatment. So many people are still praying to this reticent, reluctant God to please help me, please make me better, you know, instead of from this place of oneness and allowing, you know, this power to pray its beautiful prayer in, as, and through you. So I think that the the difference is, is that we just take you deeper um, into your recovery process. We, re- we reconnect you on a deeper level than, than the steps are designed to do. Okay. So would it benefit um, only people that are already in a recovery process, or who would uh, benefit from using the soul recovery process? You know, when I speak at churches, what I love is, you know, when I, I talk a little bit about my stories as far as being addicted to, to, to drugs, and what I share with, with those communities is if you can't relate to being addicted to drugs and alcohol or, or gambling or pornography or food or any of those addictions, I know that you can relate to being addicted to your thought patterns and to fear and to low self-worth and to procrastination and to holding on to something that no longer serves you, you know, thinking that it's your security. Because as you know, Anna, and as you know, we all know, the actual addiction is, is just the effect, you know. So there are billions of people out there that may not have ever touched a drug or, you know, been addicted to alcohol. But they can't sleep at night because they're addicted to what they're worried about. They're addicted to thinking that they're the ones that have to do it on their own. So I think this is for everybody who wants to go from key one to key 12 to restore the truth of who they are as the activity of their consciousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it, it's useful, as you said, for lots for anybody, really, that just that human tendency to feel isolated, that, this, that your 12 keys would really help people to move away from that and into that sense of presence of, with that Absolutely. oneness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People are addicted to depression. People are depressed, you know, and they've never used drugs or alcohol. You know, it's like going through these keys, you know, would definitely restore your soul restores your soul. You can't be restored to something that you've never had. So it just restores you back to your original nature that you somehow forgot. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. And so you, I know you have the book. The book's going to be coming out on June the 7th, and I'm assuming it'll be available in the usual places, uh, like Amazon or I don't know, just wherever yeah, is your actually, particular... Yeah. Actually, it's, it's available for pre-order on Amazon right now, uh, Soul mm-hmm. Recovery uh, Esther, and, um, but it will be officially released by Hay House on June 7th. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. And um, it's a book, and so uh, people can read the book, and also you, I believe, have a, some programming built around that. Is that correct? I know that you do speak Absolutely. in churches and lots of places. What, what kind of uh, different programming do you have that... Um, uh, that's available to support what's in the book, the 12 keys? Well, so so far what we have um, developed is a soul recovery um, coaching system so that the people that read the book and say, wow, I I really need support. And, you know, just like you have a sponsor to take you through the steps, you're going to need a mentor or a spiritual therapist that's familiar with 
the 12 steps and new thought principles that can take you through this process. So you will be able to go to soulrecovery.org and and pick out a coach that can help you through this process. All right. That's great. So you, you've really uh, done, obviously, a lot of work uh, with this, Esther. And, you know, it's interesting, and it, and it is part of the 12 steps, that whole concept of service. So uh-huh. as you've been using this yourself and then creating your book and creating this program that will support other people, how has that changed your life to be giving this away, in a sense? Well, you know, when I do this work with people and I see them reawaken to their true identity, I just get chills. You know, I just, when when people really see, oh my God, yeah, look at my pattern or look at what I've been thinking about myself, look at what I've created in my life and look at what I can create anew in my life. I mean, that is just the biggest thrill for me. And of course, knowing that of myself, I can do nothing. And before I work with anyone, before I speak, my prayer is always, I am self-emptied and God-filled as, the, as this message of truth flows through me, touching the hearts of all who need it at the very level of their consciousness where they can understand it and act upon it. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, and of course, as you know, you know, the law of circulation that as, as I serve, it, it comes back to me, pressed down, multiplied. That's wonderful. Now, as you're uh, doing this work, I know that you travel, and obviously you're also uh, an inspirational musician. Do you use music in, in your presentations, and is, is music part of the 12 keys or not? Or how do you, how do you put music well, in? <laughs> well, of course, it's not, in the, it's not in the book, but as far as my ministry, Soul Recovery, under the umbrella of the entire ministry, when I go out and speak, I speak, I uh, present music, and I do forgiveness workshops and relationship workshops using the soul recovery process. Uh-huh. That's great. Yeah. And if p- people want to know how they can access a workshop, they can look on your website and find that probably, right? They'll know where you are. You travel a lot. Yeah. I travel quite a bit. Um, uh, you've already mentioned one website, which is estherNicholson.com. But if you want to visit the soul recovery website to see what's happening with that ministry. You can also go to soulrecovery.org. Um, and we also have a fan page that we would love for you to, you know, bring your discussions and comments on Soul Recovery, on the Soul Recovery fan page on Facebook. Great. So there are lots of ways that people can uh, catch up with you and, and find out what you're doing. And, uh, you know, it's wonderful, Esther, to talk with you because your life is such, it is a, a beautiful song. As you said, you uh, from that very first uh, experience you talked to us about, about your experience with the taxi driver and those feelings of knowing that you're greater, that you're really manifesting that. It's it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it's wonderful you to know, hear that. Ab- absolutely. And I just want to share with your listeners, you know, sometimes I look back and I say, and, and, and I remember those times when, I was like on my knees, like saying, when is it going to happen for me? Or, you know, what am I going to feel better? Or what am I going to have a healing in this area? And, you know, now I'm at a place of, of looking back at those very things. That I just thought, you know, where are you, God? You know, why is this not happening for me? Or why is this happening to me? Or, you know, whatever those initial questions um, were before I, you know, tapped into the, the work, you know, it, it 
So I just want to give you some faith and, and letting you know I've asked those questions too. And, you know, I'm standing here today again on the other side of it, again up off the floor. I was just on the floor a month ago, you know. Mm-hmm. So we don't get perfect, you know, in recovery. The recovery of our soul is an ongoing process, but we come through it so much more graceful, loving ourselves so much deeper and so much more connected than we were before. Esther, thank you so much. Our time is up. You've just been a delight to talk to, and thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for your book. My guest is Esther Nicholson. Her book that's coming out on June 7th is 12 Keys to Healing Addiction, and soulrecovery.org is her ministry website. God bless you, Esther. Thank you, and God bless you all for listening. Thank you so Have much, a great Anna. week. All right. Good blessing. Okay. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on this message from Daily Word. Is something in your life causing you concern? Don't be discouraged. The presence of God is peace and harmony healing and creative ideas is with you every moment of every day providing the help you need in quiet moments of prayer let go of any concern anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible never doubt it for a single moment you are a spiritual being blessed with all that you need for happiness and fulfillment God's wisdom will guide you God's strength will help you do all that you need to do. And God's joy will lighten your heart with hope and courage. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. 
Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.